agree with that. And how many feel a little bit uncomfortable right now? I'm not saying in the room the temperature, but I, I am always, I'm like sweat. I'm, I'm wearing, a good, good thing I'm not wearing a color where you can see the pit stains, right? We always talked about the pit stains, you know? It's always fun. Hey, you didn't go to church or you didn't have worship if you didn't go home with pit stains. You just, it's just a fact. Yeah, I'm not telling the truth. <laughs> so I'm going to make sure and hug some of you shorter ladies and just put the armor. <laughs> it's always nice. Yeah, you won't want me to come around. That's my trick. Then I don't have to talk to people if I just rub my pit stains on them. It's a sneaky thing I have going on here. Anyway, um, there's, a, there's a young man that we, that we live close to, and he zips in and out all the time, just in and out. I always wave at him, but we've never really talked. And you just say, hello, hi, how you doing kind of thing. And he's just in and out, in and out. So the other day he pulls in, and we're out throwing the football, and he comes over and he goes, man, I really feel like a jerk. He's like, I'm always just zipping in, zipping out, and I've never even talked to you guys. And, and uh, so we start talking. Well, he, he started, uh, it's Arlington Voice. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a newspaper, a news, a news uh, a program that he started about a year ago. And he just started this thing up. So we hit, this, hit it off. He is so involved in the community. He's so involved in the things going on in Arlington. And all I could think of is, God, you're so sneaky. You're so sneaky. You set this up. We're talking about wanting to not have just church and do church. Not relieve the pressures of life with the kingdom. I want to say, I want to stop there for a second. Hopefully I'll remember where I was. If I don't, you can help me out here. I need, my wife's not in here to give me cues. So, for, for some of us, what happens is either we were not raised in church and we find God and the pressure goes away. It's like, wow, this is better. Or we were raised in a church that wasn't kingdom-minded, and there was pressure involved. And then you find the kingdom, and you're like, whoa, I didn't know it could be like this. And the pressure goes off. And what what typically can happen, if we're not careful, is we can fall in love with the pressure being removed and stop there. You know, I was thinking about this and praying over our church, and, and I really feel like a lot of us would say, my family's doing better than it ever has. My marriage, I, my marriage is doing better than our marriage ever has. And, you know, how I many can say things like that? Like, things are doing better than they ever have before. And it, you, you can kind of get to that place where, like, this is nice. Let me just chill here. This is the promised land, you know. Let me, <laughs> let me build some houses here. And let me take over some of those vineyards I didn't plant, you know, and that kind of stuff. And it can get really easy to just relax. And there's nothing wrong with living with that peaceful state of rest. But there's more than this. There's more than this. And I don't want us to have a church that helps people take the pressure off either because I wasn't connected to God and now I am and the pressure goes away. Or I was raised in a church culture that was pressure oriented and the pressure went away. And now it's, now it's just nice. I don't want to create this comfortable atmosphere where we all come here like, oh, thank God the pressure's gone. And we don't do anything from there on. I feel like we, we would waste the river that's inside of us. I don't want to waste the river that's in me. And so what we're wanting to do, we talk about not just having a church that just does church. We want to impact community. And if we don't impact community, then why are we here? If we're supposed to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world, if we're supposed to be the leaven that Jesus planted and sowed into the, into the earth, if we're not doing those things, the, the things associated with those things, then why are we even here? 
And that's really how I feel. And so it's time for us to crank this thing up here, all right? If we're a little bit uncomfortable right now, then you're, you're on the spearhead of what God's doing because we're all about to get a little bit uncomfortable. I love the, 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 the thing that I hear that happened at IHOP. That sounds like so much fun to me. I was like, man, I wish I was there instead of where I was. <laughs> I, I was... I was at a jail till about four in the morning. Not me personally. I wasn't working on my Paul testimony. I was, <laughs> hey man, you got to have a testimony so people take you serious. <laughs> no, uh, I, was, I was there and um, a, a lady came in. She was probably 40, 45 years old. She has four children. They, none of them are really serving the Lord. And she's just a complainer. And I'm in there. It's two, three in the morning, whatever time it is, and she comes in and starts complaining. And I'm like, where are my earbuds? Where is something for me to listen to so that I don't have to talk to her? Because there's no one else here. It's just me and this lady in the foyer. I mean, literally, they're, the police are behind the glass, and I'm just sitting next to this lady, and she's complaining about everything. How many like to be around people that complain? So my typical, usual response would be, earbuds in, close my eyes, you know, where there's no way she could possibly think I would want to interact with her. But the Lord is sneaky. He's so sneaky. Just like the guy that lives right by us that works for a, a newspaper that's in the community. He sets me up. I didn't want to get up and go down there at that time of the night at all, you know. And so she starts talking about how she'd been sick. And she had the same thing that I had. And I was like, oh, gosh, now I have to say, oh, I understand how you feel. And it's going to start a conversation. <laughs> She's had, you know, these acid reflux problems and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm starting to feel sympathy for her because I know how she feels. My like, God, why are you so sneaky? Why are you making me feel sorry for her? I don't want to feel sorry because now I have to interact. <clears throat> and so, so something takes over me. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, can, can I just pray? I just, I, I hope you feel better. And so we start talking. She starts talking about her son and she starts crying. He just won't get, he's 22 years old. He just won't get his life straight. I'm like, well, why are you here in the middle of the night bailing him out then? And she's looked at me like, what? I was like, she, she's like, if I don't, he won't have a job. And I was like, and how, is, how come that's your responsibility? And I was, I don't, I don't mean to do that sometimes, but it just comes out. And she looked at me, she's like, you know, you're right. And she's like, uh, starts telling me about where she works and, and she works for Chase and all the things. And she's like, man, they have really strict background checks. She's like, I, I can't, you know, I can't do anything wrong. I can't get speeding. Because I was telling her, I've always, I've always tried to obey the laws. I haven't had a ticket in, you know, 15 years or whatever it is. Thank you, Lord. I won't have any for 15 more. But so I was just talking about that. And she's like, yeah, man, I can't do anything wrong because they, it's a bank. And they have really strict background checks. So I'll get fired if I mess up. I was like, yeah, I kind of have a job like that, too. <laughs> I was like, man, if I mess up, I will get fired. <laughs> so she's like, well, what do you do? I was like, I'm actually a pastor. She goes, get out of here. I was like, no, nope, I know I don't look like one. And, you know, she says, my brother is a pastor. And I was like, oh, really? So we start talking. And she tells me how she was raised Catholic, but she really loved going on the joy bus to the Baptist church because it was so much fun, and they had so much fun. She's like, so as I got older, I was raised Catholic. I didn't like it. It was a weight, and I just don't go to church, and I'm not involved. So we had this deep talk for over an hour, 
and we're just, I'm just ministering. She's crying. She's telling me all the stuff going on in her family, and I'm just telling her what I think God would say to her, and she's, she's like, man, I know I've messed up. I didn't raise my kids right and this and that, and I was like, well, it's never too late. It's never too late. And I said, the, the awesome thing that you need to remember about God is you can do 99 stupid things. If you'll do one right thing, he will remember the one right thing you did and forget the 99 you did wrong. She's like, you know, I haven't thought about it like that. That's so true. So God is setting us up and he's making us uncomfortable. If you're not uncomfortable yet, get ready. And what I mean by uncomfortable is not doing things that you don't want to do. Listen to me. God will not make you do things that you just don't want to do. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to force you. He's not mean like that. What he will do is he's going to make you uncomfortable by enticing you to do the things that are really deep in your heart but you're scared to do. And it's going to make you uncomfortable because now you know your deepest heart's cry is to minister to people or to give what you have away. And now he's going to set you up where you have to do the things that are in your heart. And if you don't, you're going to feel even more uncomfortable until you start doing it and giving it away. This is a new year. It's a new time for us. It's a new season for our church to take the things that God's given us that's, that are so valuable. The things you've learned about God over your lifetime, the revelation, the way you know him, that's the most valuable thing there is in all of creation. You're carrying the value of all eternity inside of your heart. You're carrying the, the most valuable possession, and that it's the connection with God, our Father, Daddy God. We're carrying that with us everywhere that we go. And he wants other people to have it. He wants other people to know about it. And here's the thing about God. He's not like stocks or commodities or, or things on earth where if you tell a whole lot of people about it, then so many people invest in it, and it makes your, your, your peace not worth as much. Well, if I give this away, then it won't be as valuable to me. That's not the way the kingdom works. The kingdom works is where you give what you have away, it becomes more valuable than it was before. When you give the investment that he's poured into you away to someone else, it doesn't devalue God. It increases our awareness of his value on the earth. And when that happens, when we give that away to someone else, it, it enlarges our awareness of how good he is. And it takes us into a revelation, into a relationship with him that we didn't have before. It's so easy to feel like I have to do this and pull in and hold and withhold and withhold. But the scripture talks about us. So there's one that withholds. And in the end, it comes to a ruin. But then there's one that scatters freely, who gives freely. It's not just talking about finances. It's talking about ourselves. It's talking about our time. It's talking about those prophetic words that we heard that we're like, man, I, that, I don't think that was for me. Well, maybe it was for someone else. Maybe you heard a word from God and, and it, you're like, well, I, that wasn't for me. You wrote it down somewhere. It didn't mean anything to you. You've been carrying around the seed, the word of God inside of you. He's, he's wanting you to give that to someone, right? And this is the new season where, and I want to read a scripture real quick from, from uh, Psalm 24. Psalm 24, verse 7 through 10. <clears throat> this, this might be my favorite passage in the whole Bible. Just something about it right now that's just tearing me up. Psalm 24, verse 7. It says, lift up your heads, 
O gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? His name is the Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. And then he says, stop and think about that, Selah. Stop and reflect on it. I, I feel like what the Lord's been doing inside of our hearts is, is restoring the awe of God to us. The fear of the Lord. You guys here, stay with me just for a few more minutes. I, I feel like what he's been doing is he's, he's pulling to himself a people that respect who he is again. He's, pour, he's pouring something inside of us that's causing us to look up, that's causing us to be drawn to him in a way that we've never seen him before, that's causing a response of wonder and awe and passion. We're seeing him the way he is again. All the stuff is being cleared, all the muck, all the stuff that clouds our perspectives. He's, he's clearing that stuff away, and he's showing us who he is. And he's saying, hey, I am the king of glory. I am the Lord of hosts. Just let me in. Just open up and let me in. And I hear that's what the, I feel so strongly that, that that's what God is doing in our church, that he's raising up a group of people who are in awe of God who are in awe of who he is, that when we hear his name, something happens to us. When we say his name, something happens to us. We turn into a bunch of old crybabies when we talk about Jesus. I sense it. I see it happen, and I hear it in your voices when you talk about him. I see it on your faces when we sing it in worship. Our God is greater. I hear it. I hear the feeling from your hearts. Am I telling the truth? And, and, and there, there is nothing more powerful on the earth than people who are passionately in love with Jesus Christ. Nothing. We will not, when we get enamored with who he is and, and we turn from, we, we keep saying this, but it's like our theme right now. When we turn from worthless things to him, those people cannot be messed with. Those people have the most hope. Those people are not moved or swayed by anything that happens out here. The only thing that moves us or shifts us or causes us to respond is who he is. So when anything else happens out here, it does nothing to us. We are only motivated by one thing. We're in awe of who God is. Our attention is turned towards him. We have fixed our eyes intently on Jesus, the author and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. There, there's a shift that's taking place. Look, look, we we kind of hit on this Wednesday when we were talking about prayer. Um, but we don't want to talk about the devil anymore. Right. We don't want to talk about what evil things are happening in society. Turn the news off. Stop listening to it. Stop talking about the devil. Don't you dare even capitalize his name if you have to write it down. That's one of our, we have decided we will not capitalize the devil, Satan's name. We will not do it. 
I, I told this before, it's really funny, but when I, I type notes on my phone or, or, or on the iPad or whatever, and you, you write, you know, the word Satan comes up and it capitalizes, and I'm like, no, I always go back and autocorrect it until the smartphone has decided that he doesn't want to capitalize Satan either. So I've won my iPad to Jesus. <laughs> They don't even try to capitalize it anymore because I have, I have trained it to think the way I think, right? I have mastered a machine. <laughs> but the worst, the, the, the best way to punish the enemy is to not even talk about him. Just to give him the silent treatment. And the thing that will pour the, the, the coals on his head, that will just drive him the craziest, if, is all, if all we can do is talk about Jesus. It will drive him crazy. Man, they're going through a hard time, and they're not even talking about it. They're just talking about God. They're talking about Jesus. What is wrong with these people? They're crazy. They're crazy. They're crazy people. They've lost it. They, they don't think. They're aliens. They are weird. We're supposed to be weird. You guys remember that prophetic word God gave for this church is to be a weird church? I'm like, thanks a lot. Weird means having to do with the supernatural having a, a, an inclination or a desire for eternal things. Go, read, go look up the word weird. It talks about supernatural. I want to be weird. All right? I promise this year we got to get the shirts. Let's make Arlington weird. All right? Keep Austin weird. Well, we're going to make Arlington weird in a different way. All right? That's got to be our heart's passion. There has to be, you know, I, I'm not interested in, in giving attention to the enemy or to worthless things in my life. That doesn't mean that I won't have to address things. I love the way Jesus would address the enemy when he, he, he just shut up. All right, be healed in Jesus' name. <laughs> he wouldn't get into a conversation. He wouldn't go through, I, I want to remind you that I'm God's son and I have all authority. And if I say it, you have to do it and blah, blah, blah. He didn't do any of that stuff. He just spoke from a place of, I do what I see my father do. I say what I hear my father say. This is a distraction to me. So I want you to know you're a distraction. Shut up. And I turn back to what's really important, what really matters. It's a people that have, have singleness of heart. It's a people who have one-track minds. And the Lord's bringing us to this place. Because there's something so valuable inside of you, it has to get out. Why don't you tell someone that the river needs somewhere to go? It needs somewhere to go. It's looking for somewhere to go. Let's be jealous for God. How many of you have ever been jealous before? <laughs> Jealousy makes you do some crazy things, right? Am I telling the truth? I've jumped on cars out of jealousy and tried to ride them. Don't leave. Don't leave me. <laughs> Try not to get into too many specifics. We do some crazy things when we're jealous, right? Jealous. <laughs> I just, all these things are flashing through my head of all the jealous idiot things I did. Oh. What happens if we turn jealous for God and we're jealous for his reputation? And when someone's talking about God and it doesn't sound like God, we say, hey, wait a second. I, I don't want to offend you, but that's really not how God is at all. He's more like this. And not address their, their perspective. Just give him a greater perspective. Like, that's the, that's the way we operate. We don't deal, we don't address the worthless things 
to them face to face. We deal with them from a different perspective. Like the, the greatest way to get rid of darkness is to not talk about darkness. It's to turn lights on. We don't even have to talk about the darkness. We can do something that makes it irrelevant. Every one of us are carrying inside of us solutions and, and, and things that can solve problems for people's lives, the keys that will unlock people. And all we have to do is shift their perspective. You know, I, I hit on it Wednesday. We've, we've taught this before. A lot of you will remember this, but it, it's, it's, uh, it's intercession, intercessory prayer. We've all been called to do this. We've all been called to shift atmospheres. We've been called to bring the ministry of reconciliation. And the, the way that the Lord showed this to me a couple of years ago was I, I don't have to address the actors on the stage personally. All I have to do is to pull a different backdrop in place. All I have to do is shift the scene, change the scene. If they're cowboys and an alien backdrop comes in, it makes it irrelevant, and they have to adjust to the backdrop for the play. That's what you and I have been called to do. I don't have to address the people. I don't have to address the situation one-on-one -on -one like that and be all confrontational and be the annoying confrontational Christian. All I need to do is to shift the perspective to a greater thing, to greater things. And everyone in here, we know how to do this because that's what's going on inside of us right now. God is shifting our attention to more superior things. So we're, we're under the influence of the shift, which means we can cause the shift. I want to say that again. If you're under the influence of that type of shift, then you can cause the shift. Shift happens. I saw that on a, I saw that on a bumper sticker somewhere, a Graham Coker's. I don't know. Sorry. I apologize. I really do love Jesus. Oh, Lord. For those who didn't hear it, shift happens. <laughs> if that's going on inside then I can release it and there's biblical precedence for it if you take a drink a river flows from your belly Jesus is the light of the world and I look at the light and I have the light I become the light of the world so if we're being shifted from worthless things to superior more, more important things then you and I can do the same thing in our lives amen so God's setting us up, so get ready. If you're already uncomfortable, good job. Get more uncomfortable, right? Comfort is such an enemy to the kingdom. It just is. Go, th go through Bible history. The people would be oppressed. They would cry out to God for a deliverer. He would deliver them. He would take the pressure off. They would go to a land flowing of milk and honey. And then the blessing would become comfortable to them, and they would, get, they would start to hate the blessing. And then they would find themselves in, in opposition again. Then they would find themselves oppressed again. Then they would find themselves in bondage again. Then they'd cry out for a deliverer. A deliverer would rise up. The whole cycle would start over again. Happened all through Israel's history. And, and it was just as dangerous in time of comfort as it was in times of, of bondage for them. Just as dangerous. And so you and I, we can't afford to allow ourselves to become just too comfortable in the kingdom. I love it. I, I don't know if it was Graham Cook or someone that said this. If you've never heard of Graham Cook, you need to listen to his stuff. It's awesome. But he said, look, the reason that we need the Holy Spirit is because he's going to make us uncomfortable. We need the comforter. <laughs> he's going to make us uncomfortable. You guys all right? Yeah. All right. So how many want to go there?
Yeah. How many want to see impossible things bow? Did anyone see Ray Lewis last night after, the, after the, he beat my beloved Broncos? Did you hear what he said at the end? That guy, you give a mic in front of him, he's going to preach. I love it. <laughs> like, he doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care where he is. He's out there for the coin toss praying, looking to heaven praying, talking to God. I'm like, man, that dude's a stud. I hate that he beat my Broncos, but, and I can claim them because my mom's from Denver. It's legal. Just for guys like Gage that want to like the Miami Heat and stuff like that. You know. <laughs> he, 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 he's, they put a mic in front of his faith, he, face, and he says, man thinks about things that are possible. God thinks about things that are impossible. Man thinks about this is humanly possible. This is possible. He goes, God doesn't think like that. God thinks about things that are impossible. He goes, this was impossible. You know, I was like, okay, wait a second. You know, this is football. <laughs> <laughs> but the perspective that he has is great. We think about, can I do that? Do I have the money? Do I have the time? Do I have the talent? Do I have the skill? Do I have the calling? Do I have the platform? We think, can I do this? Is this possible? God doesn't think about what's possible. He thinks about do the impossible. Go beyond. Go beyond. Don't be comfortable. All right, we'll stop there. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing. We do look up right now. We lift up our heads. We open the doors that the King of glory may come in. Father, ride on our hearts for the King and his kingdom. That's what we want to be known for. We want to be known for people who were motivated by the king and his kingdom. You said you would set apart a people, a people set apart holy unto you. We want to be in that number of people. We want to be in the crowd of the weird, of the aliens who are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We want to be counted on that team. Father, we give you permission to confront things in us you didn't orchestrate or ordain. We also ask that you would come in and strengthen the things that you did ordain and orchestrate. We ask that you would send your word into us and do what your word does. It brings life and it confronts. Help us to fall in love with you every day, over and over and again. Crazy puppy love, every day, over and over and over again. <laughs> puppy love with history, how about that? Yeah. Why don't you just pray right where you're at? Just, you know what God's saying, just, just go for it.
the one that our soul longs for. We have found the one that we love. You've won our hearts. Would you stand? We're just going to pray. and We're going to pray right where we're at, just into this. I'm going to pray from here, and I want you to go for it where you're at, okay? Just start praying right where you're at. I'm going to hit a theme or something and just declare things over our church. You just pray. If you want to pray for someone next to you, go for it. Um, but God, we just, we surrender to you. Lord, I, I speak for our whole church. Everyone that's here and those that aren't here that are connected to this church, we will be weird. I declare that we will be people that are infatuated with you. I declare that we will be people that know what it really means to live a life of worship that constantly is reminding you that we think you're worth it. <laughs> Father, we turn from worthless things. We literally do this. We address those things in us that are worthless and we push them away. We turn from them in Jesus' name. Father, we, no guilt, no shame in this situation. We just turn. We just stop. And we do the right thing. You said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and you would hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and you would also heal our land. We turn to you today, Lord. We turn our affections. We will manage our passions, God. We will not allow passions to run wild inside of us. We will manage them. We will create boundaries for our passions. We will not waste one second of passion on something that's worthless. We will not waste affection on things that don't deserve affection. We will be strategic, God, in how we manage our lives. I declare that the Bridge Church will be very good at managing our hearts, Lord. Lord, I speak for situations, for, for you to go before us now and create opportunities for expression, for kingdom expression, for kingdom recreation, Lord. More IHOP moments, God, more jail moments, <laughs> more neighbors that all of a sudden introduce themselves to us and we connect on a great level, God. More things like this. We say more, more. Oh, God. More families that are devoted to you, yeah? Oh. We declare that supernatural things will begin to happen daily in our lives. We pray that the supernatural will become a natural part of what we do. Not in a way that makes it seem insignificant, but just in a way that makes it seem normal. We declare that over us, God. Yes. Father, I pray that the revelation that you've given every one of us, that we would... That we would expect encounters that line up with that revelation we demand encounters that line up with what you've shown us may our experience line up with what you've told us <laughs> you said you'd save us and our entire household let's experience that <laughs> you said that we would cast out demons and cleanse lepers and raise the dead we want to experience that we don't want theories and ideas and theologies any longer. We want experience. We release the prophetic over this house. That we would have 
very keen ears to hear what God is saying and that we'd be obedient to speak and say what he says. We release words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Lord, someone here this week, God, I, I pray that there would be someone in this crowd this week that you would give them a God solution to an issue at their work, at their workplace. That you would give them a solution that solves a, an issue at work. In Jesus' name, we declare that would happen this week. Everybody good? I, I feel like the, the, this is a time where the Lord's calling us all up. He's not calling us out. He's calling us up. I don't like being called out. <laughs> I mean, like being called out. It's kind of embarrassing. But when you're called up, it's empowering. The Lord's calling us up. He's empowering us. He's revealing to us what's possible. I'm going to ask this question before we close things out. Anyone here, you're having, you're, you have an impossible thing right now. I want, if you do have an impossible situation, right, I want you to come to the front. We're going to all pray for you. You have an impossible thing going on, a difficult thing. Anyone? Yeah, come on up, right here in the front. Whew, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Someone just meet them and stand there with them, yeah? We've got a couple here. We have Felice over here as well. We release faith. Hey, Nia, come here, girl. Nia's so powerful. Woo! She doesn't even know it yet. Why don't you come and, will you come pray with Felice? Oh, yeah. Anyone else, you have an impossible thing. All right. Would you, everybody, would you pray? Yeah. We serve a God who invades the impossible. With men, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. No thing is impossible with God. No thing is impossible with God. And Father, right now we release. We release your presence. We ask that you would go into that situation and shift it. Shift the atmosphere. Shift the backdrop, the scene. Change the scene. We speak to this impossibility. We tell you to bow to the king. Yes. Bow to the name of Jesus. At his name, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess. We release Jesus. Beautiful name. Oh, yeah. 
Why don't everybody just say Jesus? Jesus. <laughs> oh. Yeshua, oh, such a pretty name, such a pretty name, yeah. All right, one more thing and we'll close. How many here want to carry a solution to somebody this week? You want to give something away, why don't you raise your hand? All right, Father, right now we ask that you would put in their mouth the word of the Lord, put in their hands the fire of God, <laughs> solutions, <laughs> Awaken us. Awake, awake, O oh sleeper. Let Christ shine on you. Mm. Make us very alert to opportunities, God. And make us even more aware of the solution that we carry. Don't say anymore, but I don't have this. I don't have that. The Lord says, what do you have in your hand? What do you have? What do you have? What do you have? Don't go to what you don't have, what you aren't. Go to what you do have. Change your thinking. Change your thinking. Do not be enamored with lack. With God, five loaves and two fish is enough. <coughs> yeah, with excess. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Well, great to see everybody. If you need more prayer, maybe you're here and you're not connected to God, and you need to restore that commitment, that covenant with Him. Once and for all, you want to put a final all caps yes on your heart to where you're going to serve God the rest of your life. This is the place to do it. If you need healing in your body, you, you know someone that needs healing, well, someone will meet you here at the healing banner. And we just prayed for the impossible. But if you need any other prayer, there'll be someone right here at the front. God, we just bless everyone here with encounters this week, encounters with you and encounters with people you want them to give solutions to.